Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Scott with you. It's 1234 in Edmonton again. We got hundreds of texts coming in. The Oilers game against the Maple Leafs. We'll get to that in a second. We'll tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Stakos, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a net on the town. Every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. I swung by there after a bit of the Oil Kings game yesterday. Saw Taylor and the staff. It was awesome. Shout out to uh, Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. And uh, John Shannon, when he's in town, well, he's a frequent... Uh, a guest of Roos Chris Steakhouse. He's also our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? Great, Bob. You? Good. What's going on? What's the latest? What are you hearing? What's shaking? Hard to imagine this is the ninth time the Maple Leafs and the Oilers have played this season, huh? It is. Only nine times. So that means the only time they're going to meet again is in the playoffs. Well, I'd like to see them meet in the playoffs. I know that there's a lot of fans concerned about the matchup. And, I'll, John, I'll, I'll say it from a, an Edmonton perspective. The Leafs have greater depth at forward than Edmonton, and they have a more experienced top four defense than the Oilers. But crazier things have happened in the playoffs when two teams meet. Uh, I recall, uh, and, and I'm not comparing the 2020-21 Oilers to the 87-88 Oilers, but I've got a pretty good memory. The Calgary Flames won the final three games that season in the regular season between Edmonton and Calgary. They finished first in the Pacific Division that year, and a lot of people thought that the Oilers' dynasty was being usurped by the Calgary Flames, and the Oilers took them out four straight. I'm not saying either the Leafs nor the Oilers are as good as the Oilers and the Flames were back in 87-88, but sometimes, you know, the regular season numbers mean something, and John, sometimes they don't. What's your take on all this? I don't. I, I don't think the regular season means much when you get two elite teams, uh, and anything can happen at any time. And let's remember, the turning point of that '88 series was Wayne's goal in uh, in overtime in Game Two because yeah. they knew they knew at that point they had already won Game One. They won Game Two. They knew they 
they had it in their power not to even go back to Calgary for, for game five. So, and that's what they did. And that's the story Wayne tells. You know, he says, you know, I knew as soon as I scored, we were going back to Calgary. So, so that was, uh, uh, that, that in many ways was just a, a determinant of what the Oilers did on the road. Uh, but when you can see teams like this, two well-balanced teams, and I think we got a sense on Saturday, uh, in the second period, how dominant the Oilers can be, and in the third period, how dominant the, uh, the Maple Leafs can be. So, uh, I, I mean, I think it would be a dynamite series. Uh, I also think a Winnipeg-Edmonton series would be spectacular, too. So uh, from, from that perspective, I think it's realistic anyway that if the Oilers are to get to the third round, they're going to have to go through Winnipeg and Toronto anyway. Uh, that's probably going to be the case. I think the key for uh, all three of those teams, I wouldn't even discount Montreal because and I know they got 25 games. No, I, 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 I don't see it. Okay. I don't see it. Maybe we'll get a better sense tomorrow when they, when they go back there to play. But I, there's just something missing in it They're in Montreal. All right. Um, whether it's their strength down the middle, like if you look at both the Oilers uh, and the uh, and the Maple Leafs and the Jets, it, it, the strength down the middle is so much better. Even with the acquisition of Eric Stahl in Montreal, the strength down the middle of the other three teams is so much better than Montreal. All right, John. Uh, to me, it was two games the other night, and it's not always going to be like, you know, and it's funny. I, I had a couple guys sort of, ah, what are you talking about? McDavid and Dreisaitl, that weren't, weren't that good. And see the Leafs won, and, and they didn't dominate Matthews and Marner. I'm like, well, actually, they did have the better of the balance of play and created more. I mean, Matthews and Marner got a little bit of breaks on the first and the, the game-winning goal. My concern was what Tavares was doing head-to-head against Nugent Hopkins line and then what the Oilers were giving up on the Leafs power play. Edmonton couldn't win a draw. The Leafs were unlucky not to have scored. Uh, do you agree yeah. with that assessment overall? Uh, to, to an extent. I think the Tavares one's an interesting one because John's had a frustrating time in Toronto this year. Look at the ice time compared to McDavid and Marner. Tavares isn't getting near the ice time. And he's not. I convinced he's not used to it. Um, so he's he's having to learn how to make the best uh, of this new 15 or 16 minute world that he's playing in. Uh, so that's that's one thing. And I think Nylander's in the same boat. But if they can get those two guys, and, and the fact that they seem to have found a little bit of chemistry with Galchenyuk on the other side. Uh, that puts a lot of pressure on the on the second line for the Oilers to, to match that. I think that's fair. The other thing is, three of the four uh, Maple Leaf goals were, were lucky bounces on on Saturday. And you uh, know, in, in, in but you, as Dave Tippett said this morning, and you 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 heard him, you make your own luck, you make yep. your own breaks, and and that's what happens. Yeah, well, I mean, the shot metrics in lines two, three, and four were dominantly in favor of Toronto, whereas McDavid's line. By the way. The second and third goals that the Oilers scored in that game. I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. When she, what did Sheldon Keefe say after the game? He's like, there's no defense to it. Like, that they're just no. two spectacular players sequencing up for a couple great goals. Well, you remember, you remember the, if you go to Olympic diving, they have technical and then they have artistic. Yes. Well, the yes. Oilers won the artistic, but they didn't win the technical. How's that? 
very uh, apropos, I think, for this conversation. So it's funny you don't you don't see Montreal there. Eh? You think they're just too. Uh, <laughs> the football term would be light in the ass. They're too. They're, they don't have strong enough offensive and defensive lines, and you're saying they're not strong enough at center. So and and I don't I, I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, any time you talk to anybody out of Montreal saying if the Canadians are going to get to the playoffs and do something in the playoffs, there's only one person that's going to make it happen. And that's Carey Price. Well, last I checked, Carey Price can't score goals, so he can stop goals, but he can't score goals. And 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 he, you know what? He, he might still be the best goaltender in the world at times, but he hasn't he hasn't showed that this year. But he, he certainly can play at that level. But I just don't see the offense. I mean, um, Tyler Tavoli, Josh Anderson. Uh, and I, I just, I'm sorry, I do not see it particularly with, as I said, if you if you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins down the middle at, at times in a series against them, which, which is what I would do, or you do it with the other two teams that I talked about, the Leafs and the Jets, Montreal can't even compare. Yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, tonight we're going to see Kyle Turris, Nugent Hopkins back to left wing. Looks like we're going to, well, let's, let's rephrase that. We'll, you know, we'll see Turris take the right shot draws, Nuge take the left yeah. shot draws. We'll, <laughs> we'll see who ends up playing where. But this is an opportunity for Kyle Turris in the top six, one that he hasn't had all season. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, you know, there was a reason that Nashville bought him out, that he wasn't effective anymore. But at the same time, you could say, well, he wasn't, he wasn't effective because he wasn't getting the ice time, and he wasn't getting the ice time because he wasn't effective. So I, I think this realization that perhaps if we give him more ice time, he, and like, like I talked about with Tavares, and he can get into that rhythm, uh, I think that, that could be positive. He was playing better those last two games before he went on the COVID protocol list. He was getting better. He he looked like he finally belonged. Uh, so I, I think this is a good move. I, I really do. I think, you know, the biggest concern in many ways for, for the Oilers in, on so many things, and you know this, Bob, better than I do, is strength on the left side. You go yeah. past Leon, if Leon's playing wing, if, if you look at the strength down the left side, where is their strength? And when I say strength, I'm almost saying size, too. So that becomes an issue. And, and to be able to put Newton Hopkins over there, if tourists can carry a bit of a load in the middle, then then, then that's a, a really good thing for this hockey club. Well, they have to try it, and that'll bring us to a different conversation. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, and John, as you know, we discussed this last week on the show, that... Uh, Dylan Holloway got tossed out of the game uh, for Wisconsin against Penn State. Guy Gadowski, my old center's coaching Penn State. Dylan got tossed out of that game. He only took nine draws in that game before he got tossed out. He's their number one face-off man. Then they played Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship game. He didn't take a single face-off. All right, so then... We find out after he took all of two draws in Friday's loss, they they lost badly to Bemidji. Uh, we, yeah. we subsequently find out, I think we all knew something was up, that he suffered a broken thumb. Uh, this is going to change sort of the, you talked about the fact that left wing is kind of an open spot with the Oilers. If he's got a broken thumb, logic dictates, it's great, it's courageous that he tried to play John in that game, uh, for Wisconsin. But it, it's, to me, it decreases the impetus to get him signed. And I think there could have been an opportunity because nobody's, like, Innes has been okay. I think Cahoon hasn't grabbed it. He's been given every opportunity. Um, 
Shore's been okay as a fourth-line guy, but there's been a spot open for a second or third-line left wing. Canadians have signed Caulfield. The Oilers obviously have yet to consummate something with former Prince George Cougar and Santa Fe X-Men uh, Blake Robson, who's uh, the representative for uh, Dylan Holloway. What's your take on all of this? Well, I think Holloway's gone for at least six weeks. So uh, that puts you to the end of the, uh, to the end of the regular season, Bob. Right. Uh, and uh, and and I I, I got to remember my CBA a little bit. Do, do you because Holloway's a year younger than Caulfield. Do you dare play Holloway and waste uh, a game or two this year for a year in his contract? See, there's uh, and I I don't think so, and I don't think you do. I think you have to be patient. Um, you, you know, uh, I, I think you. I think there are other ways in the short term um, that if you need, you need to find a way to, to fix something. Maybe you try to do that. But I, I, with him gone for at least six weeks, I don't. I don't think that there's any way we're going to see him this season. I really All right. Don't. Okay. I'm going to. Do you think he returns to Wisconsin? No. No. You think he still signs? Okay. I think I yeah I mean I I'm not sure I mean other than winning the Frozen Four uh, I'm not sure like Hallfield I'm not sure there's more Holloway can do at this level um, and um, and I I, I I mean I think based on where this hockey club is going this this would be a better place for him to mature here or Bakersfield next year when the borders are open you know yeah. I mean I, I think that that's I think that's all. I think that's all part of it, but I, I, I do see. Uh, do I have any inside knowledge of him signing? No, I don't. Do I see him going back to Wisconsin? I think there are certain people that it makes sense for. I don't think it makes sense for him. Well, we should mention he had 1.7 points per game at the end of the regular season. He was leading the NCAA in points per game. Okay, so yeah. uh, to me, I know Brian Lawton's of the belief that he's got nothing left to prove, and I think we already talked about like Nugent Hopkins is an unrestricted free agent. Obviously, the fans overwhelmingly would like to see him come back, but I think most fans are also quite fiscally uh, aware of maybe the limited, like there's a price point for Ryan that to me makes sense, John. I think you would agree on that. And then, yeah, Bob, I think, I think with a flat cap, yep. the flat, I think we've got a flat cap for at least three years. Okay. I, I think with, with a flat cap, Bob, there's a price point for every player that isn't signed. Yes, and and I you know go down on every team and, and and create a list of guys. Okay, we can do, we can do this amount of money, but we can only do this amount of term. You know, and and, and it, that becomes that becomes a real cross point. How do you get term and dollars to to make sense? How do you do it? Uh, and that becomes a real challenge for guys like Nugent Hopkins, Tyson Berry, tons of guys. What and, and guys on every team. What uh all right. Agree or disagree. There'd be an open window there for Holloway to grab a spot on left wing next year in training camp if he came in and earned it. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. I, I would I would I would think so. But at the same time, um, you know, and you know, we gotta remember his age. We gotta remember perhaps he's is he better in Bakersfield for a while. Remember, the year after they drafted Darnell Nurse, they sent him back to Sault Ste. Marie for a bit. Um, and look look how that worked out. It's worked out pretty darn well in the long term. 
this is where patience and persistence pay off, and this is where guys like like Dave Tippett and Kenny Holland, sure, you have to trust their judgment of people. All right, uh, so Edmonton, Toronto, you got Winnipeg right there. I, I got to ask you about the Flames. Um, boy, did they ever get gifted one the other night from Laurent Brassois. Here's what's scary about that. That's not the worst performance Laurent Brassois has had in Calgary. He had one for the Oilers that was worse, where Edmonton was up 6-1 yeah. in the third and gave and up four. he's been back. so good, Bob. He's I know. Been so good for them this year. And <laughs> that third period, wow. that third period, that was, I hate to say it, that third period for Brassois was reminiscent of his time with the Oilers for me. Yeah, it was um, tough stuff. But he's been he's been so good, and and uh, you know Wade Flaherty's done such a good job with him in Winnipeg, and I think that that's a huge frustration for the uh, for the Jets because you know they can't roll a hell of a buck out every night. They can't, um, and and so you know hopefully that one period has not created a loss of confidence uh, for Paul Maurice and what Brassois can do. The sports club stats as the Flames at four point eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Are they are they done or do they still got a chance to make it here? What do you think? No, I, here's the thing. The thing that I think we learned with, with, with all this divisional play is that if you get on a roll, look what Nashville has done in the Central. All of a sudden, Nashville, we thought we were we had the shovels out drinking the hole. Yeah, they're back in the playoffs now. Chicago is on a streak. Chicago's out of the playoffs now. Um, if you get on a roll, and I think that's why they hired Daryl. We got to get on a roll. Look what Vancouver. We had we had them dead and buried. Now they may be dead and buried again, but but they won seven of eight and they they got themselves back into it because you're playing the teams ahead of you. You control a lot more of your fate. So I wouldn't say it's a done deal yet. If if for somehow some way they can get you know the, the uh, Daryl Sutter and Brad for living can get some of those heads turned on straight. That maybe maybe the Flames will make a bit of a battle for it for for Montreal. Yeah, I, I I think they got a chance to stay in it as well. John, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll hook up on Wednesday. Okay. Yes, sir. That is John Shannon, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Twelve fifty in Edmonton, and when we come back. Uh... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to bang off a bunch of texts, and we'll get to the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Ryan Nugent Hopkins again. Tonight we expect him with Turris and Yamamoto. Uh, they'll split. Uh, Nugent will take the left shot draws. Turris will take the right shot draws. Speaking of face-offs, going to give you some special teams numbers and this is an area of concern for me of the Oilers penalty killing has been at 78% during this uh, 18-7-1 run it's the only number that's not pretty good Gaetan Haas is at 43.5% killing uh, uh, on face-offs on the PK so not bad he's at you know 43.5% in a perfect world you want to be you know if you're a right shot guy probably between 49 to 52% Jujar Kara is at 37.2%. Turris is only taking 24 draws. 
but he's at 37.5%. Obviously, hasn't played the last several games. Nugent Hopkins is at 38.9%. Not, again, taking a lot of draws. Uh, Shore, who was taking a bunch of draws earlier in the year, is at 40% on the PK. The Oilers have one guy that's above 50%, and he is not a full-time penalty killer, and that's Leon Dreisaitl. He basically gets out there when they can't win any for a couple and the other team has them hemmed up. That's what happened against Toronto. Just as an FYI, I know there's been lots of mentions about Luke Glendening, Derek Ryan, and Brandon Sutter. Luke Glendening is 56 and 55 in D-zone draws on the PK. That's 50.5%. He's 64% overall, so uh, just 50% at uh, PK. Derek Ryan, who we mentioned, has not actually taken Lindholm, has taken the majority of the draws shorthanded for the Flames. Derek Ryan's only taken 21 all season. Of course, he was out for a month with a broken finger, which would have affected him taking faceoffs as well. He's at 47.6. He's 10 and 11 on the year. Brandon Sutter? 39 and 27, that's 59%. On the power play, check this out. Leon Dreisettle has taken 163, or sorry, 190, uh, yeah, 163 of the Oilers' 194 uh, face-offs on the power play. Dreisettle is at 58.9%. McDavid, by the way, is 8 and 10 this year. Turris, 5 and 12, uh, 5 and 7, and Haas, uh, 4 and 2. So Dreisaitl's taken 84% of the draws on the power play, which wouldn't surprise you because he's on the first unit power play. is pretty good. I just thought I'd supply some numbers there for you, courtesy of Natural Statric. All right. Off to the Oilers now. Injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers for every goal that the Edmonton Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, uh, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, coming off of that week, a relatively clean bill of health for Edmonton. It's just the guys on the long-term injured reserve, Slater Cuckoo and Oscar Clefbaum to report. Maple Leafs goaltender Freddie Anderson still dealing with that lower body injuries day-to-day. It is uh, Michael Hutchinson expected to start tonight. And uh, I'm sure you've heard about it if you didn't see it, but Aaron Ekblad uh, stretchered off the ice yesterday, landed awkwardly on his leg. Uh, It's a lower body injury. I don't think that they've released whether it's tendon or bone but either way it's going to keep them out for a long time all right uh, on to some text on the ashley fine floors text line at 1256 mitch has texted the show to say bob i'd sign holloway and if he isn't ready to start the season next year because obviously he's out as you heard john shannon could be out six weeks right now with the broken thumb uh if he isn't ready send him to bakersfield woodcroft is a tremendous coach to learn from remember tony granato Tony Granato talked about, you know, playing college hockey at Wisconsin versus riding a bus in the AHL. Just keep that in mind. That might be part of the uh, uh, sales spiel. You can text us at 780-496-0063. The Chiseler has texted the show. Bob, definitely not light in the ass. Sure, we discussed this on your show last week. You definitely don't look a day over 57. Happy belated birthday. Well, I'm not 57, but thanks for that, Chiseler, because you are. Uh like your thoughts on this. No way, says the Chiseler, that Holloway will return to whiskey. Bring him in now. Based on a flat cap, RNH will return. He's got to make it work. And he says, Bob, the Calgary Flames are out of gifts. They're done. Bank on it. I wouldn't write the Flames off. I just uh, sneaking suspicion that Calgary is still going to force their way into the mix. Again, you can text us 
at uh, 780-496-0063. And Racino and Nelson, B.C., Bob, since Holloway's done for the year, would you at least try Benson in the top six? I don't think anybody's taken uh, 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 that, that six-foot left wing. Why not try Benson, who's second in the American Hockey League in scoring? Well, it's interesting. Uh, there you go. It, it is interesting with Benson because he hasn't got a look-see yet, and now the rules have changed a bit for American Hockey League players. Uh Again, you can text us. Jay in a foil hat. <laughs> Jay, I like your self-deprecation. Why do people keep using the word elite when talking about Ryan Nugent Hopkins? He's not elite at anything. Uh, why wouldn't the Nuge learn how to take a face-off? He's in his 10th NHL season. You can't tell me that he doesn't know that he sucks in the dot. Everybody else knows it from Jay. Um, Andy, the carpet guy, goes, Bob, can Dylan Holloway win draws in the NHL? Actually, he's mentioned both you and me, Brendan, in this. At one point this season, Dylan Holloway had the third best face-off percentage in NCAA hockey. He's a left shot. I know he had a weekend against uh, Penn State where he went like 46-22 and 22 in two games. Uh, he did tail off late in the year, and then again he got hurt against Penn State in the uh, Big Ten playoffs. I think the opportunity for him to make the team at the start is on left wing, and say next season and then maybe moves in the middle. Let's not forget at Wisconsin, he started on left wing and then moved in the middle full-time this year. 12.58 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear from former Edmonton oiler, uh, Chris Joseph, uh, who is uh, involved in a uh, fundraiser that's going to be taking place. Uh, this uh, is currently taking place in St. Albert as we speak. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.